this is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host, Maximus Hunter, and I'm joined by my other host, Ren Wadsworth, and we are joined in the studio by our amazing reporter, Cutter Babcock, and, and our cool sports dude, Dixon Lawson. Yes! Wow, I love <laughs> Let's that go. enthusiasm. So Let's go. Exciting. Let's go. All right, so we are going to have a jam-packed show today. We're going to start with sports with Dixon and then move right into local news with Coda. After that, we're going to have an interview with, would you like to tell them who our interview is with? Our interview is with Lisa from the Fort Collins Museum of Arts. Uh, Lisa is going to be telling us all about the exhibits that are going on at the Fort Collins Museum of Art right now, which include uh, 50 greatest photos of all time from National Geographic, a story about whale hunting, and I forget what the third one is, but we'll find out Ooh, pretty you'll soon. You'll have to wait for it. <laughs> but after that, we're going to have a roundtable about a pretty popular pop culture movie series uh, called Star Wars. You might have heard of it, might not have. I don't have. know if they What's have. Star Wars? I'm sorry. <laughs> It's a war in the stars. Um, but we did want to have a question to our listeners, and that is, what is your favorite Star Wars movie or series? Because I know there's a couple of spinoff series, and why? Clone Wars. Yeah. And the prequels. Clone Wars for the win. <laughs> uh, later, we're going to have a roundtable on how the Star Wars franchise could have possibly been different. Yeah, there was a leaked uh, a leaked ending to the, to the upcoming final Star Wars movie, and um, it's... I'm gonna have to stick around wild. just for that. I really am. Yeah, it's, that's it's, worth it. You sold me. It's it's pretty interesting, actually. It's let's not, do it. Uh, I don't think it's what people expected. Um, but after that, we're gonna have some campus news, and I'll read that. But that was written by Ryland, who is a reporter in training, and she's doing an amazing job. And she's actually sitting in the studio, hanging out. Hi guys. Hey Ryland. <laughs> so we're gonna be reading that. Uh, we're gonna have our national days. Today's kind of a food Heck oriented. Yeah. Uh, National Day, which I'm all about. And then we're going to have weather, and so that's going to be today's show. But uh, let's kick it off, so to speak, with sports. Sports time. All right, so I I have a question. Uh, As you guys know, I normally do a lot of football and volleyball here Mm -hmm. on this uh, this sport uh, segment. But with it ending, what are the next sports coming up? Let's see if anyone can can guess. Basketball, right? (gasps) There's one. Let's hear two other guesses. It's got to be coming up because this weekend my car sport. My car has to get moved, so... An indoor sport, right? An indoor sport, and... Swimming? I don't know. Yeah, that that leads me right into it. As volleyball and football season come to an end, CSU doesn't skip a beat before getting into all of the winter sports as both men and women's basketball is kicked off in full swing. Men's basketball had a big challenge ahead of them coming into last Friday's match in Cameron Indoor Stadium facing off against the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, After having a high level of confidence coming into the game, uh, the scoring didn't really come easy for the CSU Rams as they ended up losing a tough one, 55-89. They were unable to get more than 30 points and a half. That's a rough. That's a rough time uh, for anyone who, who's played basketball. They definitely can probably feel for the Rams on this one. But on the outside side of the court, the Lady Rams took the court down at uh, UNC. The Rams were able to find the winning side of a landslide victory, 75-85. Uh, both teams will take the court again on Wednesday with the women's with the women on the road at Idaho and the men playing at Moby Arena against Omaha. Thursday against, oh, excuse me, volleyball continues their killer season. Now winners of 23 straight as they look ahead to Thursday against visiting Utah State. And then Saturday as the tough Boise State Broncos come into Moby for a 12 p.m. tip-off. Uh, the, uh, before I get to that, um, if you're wanting to catch any of that coverage live, uh, KCSU, the sports department, we will have both of those games live Thursday at 7 as well as Saturday at 12. Nick Baker, Corey Odom, myself, Sean, we're going to have the whole crew out bringing you guys volleyball live. But then the football team comes in after winning three straight uh, and coming off of a bye week, they will face off against the Air Force Falcons this Saturday at Canvas Stadium at 5 p.m. Um, once again, uh, the sports department will have a pregame show where we'll be doing uh, kind of trivia, tick- uh, ticket giveaways. Uh, and with those ticket giveaways, there will be porch passes sponsored by uh, Old Aggie in New Belgium. So if you're looking to maybe get some awesome tickets to the game, be sure to tune in Saturday around t- uh, 2 p.m. is when we should be kicking off. Sounds like the whole crew is going to be there. Yeah, you got to get those porch passes. Oh, they're so nice. It's so fun to sit at. I don't sit at the porch, but I sit right next to it, and I can only imagine... It would be so cool to be right behind uh, the the oh, touchdown. I forget well, what it's called. I'm not a football the, person. All right, you know <laughs> the what? The giant That's fork. The to giant sit fork. behind the all giant right. fork. That I'm okay Ideal with. Ideal experience. But I do need to ask, what fork only has two prongs? Because wouldn't that be um, uh, like wouldn't fork. that wouldn't that just be tongs then? Right? No, like a what? fondue fork. Yeah, have, a fondue have I really fork never... only has two. Really? Yeah. yeah. 
You know, I'm an uneducated, uncultured man, so yeah, I don't let's, understand these. Let's talk these. about the giant fork for okay. a second, yeah, though, I'm because some, there was some giant fork news out there. <laughs> Look um, at me segueing like a champion. Let's well, go. Yeah. Hey, yeah, there. That uh, I just want to talk about that 49ers Seahawks game last oh. night for oh. a sec. Oh, I feel I like that's newsworthy. Yeah. Um. So the the 49ers they came into the Monday night game uh, undefeated. Completely uh, undefeated all season. Yeah, uh, a they, fantastic season. They kind of came out of nowhere, really surprised a lot of people, and they were going off against in one of probably the best uh, divisional matchups this season against the Seattle Seahawks um, for bat or for first place in the division. Well, they were spent most of the game thoroughly ahead. Uh, yeah, you know they looked like the team that everyone had seen all season, but then the Seahawks they know how to win. They've been in Super Bowls before. They have a really good team, and they were able to just battle back. They pushed it to OT, and then that's when the 49ers had the lack of experience. They were unable to capitalize on a field goal. Oh uh, my God, that would that one hurt. But to then watch. even after that, their defense was able to stop them and get them the ball back. And when the other team punts to you in overtime because they're just like that confident that you can't come and score on them, it's bad news. It is so bad news. even they, after the interception yeah, too, they they get the ball back, don't do anything. Seahawks grab the ball, go and get a field goal, win the game. So I'm saying, way to go, hats off to the Seahawks. They played amazing. At the end of the day, they were the better team, and they deserved that dub. It was an impressive win. I, I feel sad for the 49ers, though. They they got well, Emmanuel Sanders. They really they had yeah. a great season. They had and they had every opportunity in the overtime to to win it, but they uh, couldn't quite make it. You know, at, at the end of the day, uh, what goes up must come down. Am I right? Hey, that's gravity for you. Yeah, I'm like that <laughs> is the law of gravity. <laughs> All right. Well. Well, speaking of football, I may not know a lot, and I may have called the goalpost um, a giant fork. However, something on everyone's mind is that bowl game. Okay, all right. So what do you think our odds are with Air Force? So we kind of talked about this last week on a few of the shows. Um, in my best opinion, these are the three best teams we are going to have seen outside of CU. Um, they're, they're the top three teams in our division. So if we're able to come in and upset all three teams, Yes, 100%. I think that we're going to get looked at for, at minimum, a lower-tier bowl. Um, when it gets tricky is if we drop one of those games, which I think is more realistic. I think we can win two, most likely going to drop one. If I had to guess, it's probably going to be against Boise State. Mm -hmm. They're a dominant team. Um, but Aren't that, they called, like, the gem of the Mountain West or something like that? I mean, like yeah, that? they're ranked, uh, last time I checked, it was 21st in the nation. Um, so they have a really, really good football team. It's a really good football program. Um, but th that's what it's going to take. In my opinion, if they truly want to be secure, they're going to have to win out. But it's going to be super tough. They need to play some of the best ball they've played all year. Lack of turnovers, and they need to have great execution on offense. Um, but they can do it. We just have to see if, if they're ready and they want it. Like we do here, the fans at home here at KCSU FM. Because it sounds like we're ready. Oh, I want to go to a bowl game. Like, <laughs> you want to go? I want to go. I get to go to a bowl we game if the football other. team goes. Yeah. Yes. We could be like, hi, how's it going? You know? Yes, that would yeah. be amazing. Um, yeah, that's all. But thank you so much, Dixon. Yeah, no thank you guys for coming I, I appreciate in, it. giving us your sports talk. Yeah. We're gonna roll right into campus news with uh, Coda Babcock. Well, that's local news. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. Local news with Coda Babcock. Man. I wanted some alliteration there. <laughs> all right, I'm Coda Babcock, and this is your local news for Tuesday, November 12th, 2019, on the Rocky Mountain Review. A Loveland woman was, who was ticketed after playing at Frisbee topless has won a settlement based on the court overruling of a Fort Collins law, stating that women could not be topless. She was ticketed by police for being topless in her fiance's yard on a hot day month af months after the appeals court ruling. A neighbor called the police and the police claimed that being topless was not allowed statewide yet. She contacted the ACLU to ha help handle the citation and was able to settle with the city, removing the citation from her name. Fort Collins Utilities Income Qualified Assistance Program, also known as IQAP, is partnering with the Low Income Energy Assistance Program, or LEAP, to help customers save money on their monthly utility bills. In order to qualify for IQAP, you have to already receive heating assistance from LEAP. LEAP will have a mobile unit out this Saturday to help get low-income individuals signed up for the program. You must bring an ID, copy of your heating bill, and 60 days of income verification for all adults over 18 in the house or a social security benefit award. LEAP supports households making up to 60% of state median income, and the mobile sign-up area will be at two different locations this Saturday. From 9 to 11.30 a.m., the mobile sign-up location will be at Northside Aslan Community Center, located at 112 East Willow Street, From and then from 1 to 5 p.m., the mobile location will be located at Fort Collins Senior Center at 1200 Rain Tree Drive. LEAP is also accepting online applications for assistance from November 1st until April 30th. For more information, visit fcgov.com slash cdhs slash LEAP or call 1-886-886. 
432-8435. For more information on IQAP, visit fcgov.com slash IQAP or call 970-212-2900. The City of Loveland is still looking for volunteers to serve on its Complete Count Committee for the 2020 Census. The Complete Count Committee serves to make sure that all residents are accounted for in order to ensure proper federal funding to the city. Loveland also wants to remind in residents that information gathered by the census is completely confidential and is not shared with law enforcement or immigration agencies. To find out how you can help Loveland get their complete count for 2020, call Justine and Bruno at 970-962-2304 or email justine.bruno at cityofloveland.org. A woman was shot and killed by Loveland police following exchanged gunfire during a homicide investigation Monday night. Loveland police were at the scene of a possible homicide last night around 8.30 p.m. in the 3300 block of Kuchara Court. Entering the, building of, entering the building of the scene, when SWAT team members encountered a female suspect. She and the officer both, officers both engaged in exchanging gunfire before she was shot and killed at the scene. No officers were killed, but one suffered minor injuries. Larimer County's Sheriff's Office will be completing an investigation of the shooting with the 8th Judicial District's Critical Incident Response Team. Thank you for listening to today's local news. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Thank you, Coda. So we're going to take a break. And after that, we're going to hear from Lisa Hatchadorian. Um, but before we do that, we wanted to remind our listeners that right now we are having our DJ-a-thon. And what that is, is it's just a fundraising event for the station. So if you like any of the news that you've heard or you like anything that happens at KCSU, you can go ahead and call us at 970-491-5278 and just let them know if you'd like to donate or give us your thanks and we'd be very appreciative of that i think we're about halfway to our goal for the day today so again that number is going to be 970-491-5278 yep it looks like our goal for the day is about 450 dollars, and we're at almost 300 so uh you can help us make that goal by joining club 905 and you can do that by uh, signing up for a monthly payment of seven dollars fifty or uh, a one-time payment of uh, $90.50, and what that does is that gets you uh, all the benefits of donating, and you also get a t-shirt, some swag. some CDs, some swag. Um, you can join by calling 970-491-5278, uh, or you can donate online at kcsufm.com slash donate. So uh, we really, you know, we appreciate every, every donation. Uh, we're completely, you know, student-run and donations fund most of the station and so you know everything counts and we really appreciate it but uh, we're going to go on break and when we come back we're going to have lisa from the fort collins museum of art welcome back to the rocky mountain review i'm maximus hunter and i'm ren wadsworth and we just heard an amazing local uh, news piece by Coda Babcock, if you want to say hello. Hello. And some sports news with Dixon Lawson. How's it going, guys? Awesome. And we are here joined in the studio by Lisa Hatchadorian with the Museum of Arts at Fort Collins. I think I said that wrong again. She just told me they switched their name. <laughs> That's the Museum of Art Fort Collins. Awesome. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at the museum? Um, the executive director. And I've been in this position for five years, and it's a bit of a combo kind of position where I'm doing artistic programming for the museum, but also doing strategic planning and fundraising and grant writing and everything else strategic. Okay, awesome. And can you tell us a little bit more about the museum and its history or how long it's been open? Sure. Um, the museum's been open since 1983, but in our particular location um, in Old Town Fort Collins in the old post office building since 1990. And um, our mission is to spread the power of visual art, and we do modern and contemporary art shows, local, regional, national shows, and yeah, we love it. Wow. So you're showcasing the traveling 50 greatest photos of National Geographic exhibit. Uh, has the response been pretty positive so far? Oh my God, it's been an absolute blockbuster for us. How I love it. Um, so those are collections of photography by um, a multitude of artists submitted by National Geographic. How did you manage to acquire uh, the, since it's a traveling collection, how'd you get them? 
Well, this particular exhibition's been traveling around for seven years, and we're kind of at the tail end of the tour. And it was put together, they had an issue back in 2011 that was the 50 greatest photographs that were chosen by the editors over, you know, the past 60 years or so. So the photographs go from the 1960s all the way up to 2011. And I was looking for exhibition ideas, as I do, you know, kind of years out, and saw that you know, I didn't actually realize that National Geographic had such a wide range of traveling exhibitions and saw this particular one. I thought, oh, it'd be fantastic to bring it to Fort Collins because it's such a wide grouping of photography that they've done over landscape and wildlife and global cultures over all these years. And I just thought it would be a hit. So, so oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, and just that people would respond to it. Sounds like they have. Yeah. yeah. So... Why was now the time you decided to showcase these 50 greatest photos of National Geographic since it sounded like it ended um, with the photos they took in 2011? Well, that's when the issue came out, and then they put the traveling exhibition together from those photographs. So then they started traveling it around starting in 2012. Okay. And, uh, well, and also, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the world right now, and I think it, it helps to see different cultures what's going on in different parts of the world since you know some of us don't get to travel that much or don't get to go to far off places like the arctic or down below the sea where titanic lives so it's it's for me it's nice to see the world as a whole and that's what this exhibition does it encompasses everything everything that we are which is great yeah. you can see it by going to the art museum yeah you don't even have to leave fort collins you can see the world um, in one place that's amazing so let's talk about uh keely yuyan uh he's the photographer showcased in another exhibition you've got going right now um and it's just his work so what about his work uh stands out so much well, what I like to do with the programming at the museum is connect the different exhibitions, and this is an exhibition that was brought to us by the Center for Fine Art Photography, and Keeley is actually a um, photographer who's worked with National Geographic, and this particular series is one that he's done with a group of people called the Inupike tribe in the Arctic, and they're a very, very ancient whaling community, and they've done whaling now for 2,000 years, and this is his look at basically their way of life and how they have to survive and what they do as a community to survive. And basically all they do is whale because that's their food source and um, how they work as a community to do that. And it's, it's fascinating. So uh, what can you learn about uh, bowhead whaling from the exhibit? <laughs> Everything, basically. <laughs> I mean, you look at these photographs, and I don't know, he said it, he came to Fort Collins late last week and had a talk. I forget how many tons he said these whales weigh, but it takes about 100 people to you know, pull these whales from the water up onto the ice once they've been harpooned. And that basically takes six to eight hours, so you're pulling this whale for six to eight hours. Wow. And then you see him taking photographs of how they butcher the whale and how they kind of meet out the, the meat and you know give it to all the community. And the celebration that the community has once the whaling's done, it's, it's a kind of a, a celebration of trust in your fellow people. And they create this huge trampoline out of whale skin. And then the people who have harpooned the whale and who have done, gone on the hunt, they have to um, get thrown up and down on the trampoline. And that's how you build trust with your community. So something I was reading about um, in the People of the Whale exhibit is that um, they, while they were hunting for the bowhead whales, they actually doubled the population. And people were saying that um, this was an example of successful conserv conservation through indigenous knowledge and ways of life. Do you think that exhibits like this help people understand how they can change kind of the way that they're living and kind of adjust it to be more sustainable almost? I think so. One thing that Keeley talked about was kind of indigenous knowledge versus maybe scientific Western knowledge because he talked about one instance where I think um, Westerners were going to come in and, and shut down all whaling because they thought that the whaling was decimating the population. And they said, well, you only have 8,000 whales that migrate past this particular point and the, that indigenous population said, no, it, it's it's more than that. Or maybe actually they said it was 1,000, and, and they said, no, it's 8,000. So they actually got um, some money and funding and got some scientists to actually figure out how they could really count the whales, and it turns out that they were right on. There were 10 times more whales than were originally thought, and so because of the collaboration that they did, they were able to still you know, keep their way of life. And I think something like this particular exhibition shows 
that. And one thing he also said is that when you know when you sometimes think about indigenous cultures, you think of them being ancient and not necessarily adapting to modern times, and that's not the case at all. And you can see how these people have, you know, they're still living and they're still doing what they do now in the 21st century and trying to have a very sustainable way of life with shrinking resources. Well, it sounds like they're having a beneficial impact on uh, the world around them, too. Very much so. Yeah. Um, and why do you think that it's important that, that exhibits like these are shown in Fort Collins of all places? Well, we're, deal we're dealing with environmental changes like everybody else. We, we deal with huge threats for fire and, and other types of climate weather-related changes, and things for us can change in an instant. And, you know, I, I think we all get stuck in our normal everyday cycles and way of life and until something catastrophic happens which it can and you know we see it happening around the country in california we don't it's a way for us to kind of get out of our heads a little bit and just connect with other people and places who might be going through what we might be going through at some point so um let's talk about uh we since we are student radio let's talk about students for a second sure um do you you have opportunities for students in the Museum of Art to get involved? Very much so. We have actually gotten front-range students who are working at the museum, but we also have volunteer opportunities for um, front desk management, events, people working on events, um, exhibition installation, you know, putting our exhibitions up. So if you, if you like art and you like museums or you want to get involved at all, I mean, basically any kind of opportunity. We've had internships in our education department, working on different projects, so... Anything that we do, we're happy to have the help. Awesome. And kind of moving into the future, what plans do you have for future events? Because we love to spill the beans early here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just put together our 2020 schedule. It's going to be more sculpture, sculpturally oriented next year. So we're going to have um, an exhibition called Shelter, Crafting a Saved Home, which is all about um, basically homelessness and refugees around the world. Um, through artistic eyes and then we're going to have an exhibition called Fiber Art International and this is basically it's a juried show um, from two pretty major fiber curators who looked at artists from around the world and from America and then took the work that they liked and then put it together into this particular show and then um, we'll actually have an exhibition of Picasso um, as a printmaker to kind of round out the year and then also two wonderful, wonderful sculptors, Lori Acott and Adam Schultz in the um, kind of summer, early fall. Awesome. So uh, this is kind of a, this is kind of a, a deeper one. Um, how do you think having an art community enriches Fort Collins? Well, I feel like I wouldn't necessarily want to live in some place that doesn't have an art museum or, you know, theater or music or anything like that just because I feel like it's hard to get by in this world without art without something that can take you out of yourself I mean we get inundated with news all the time and we're all you know we read news and we read other opinions about everything that's going on but art is something that can and not just visual art but any kind of art form can really help us understand the world in a different way and um, that's what I've kind of devoted my life to and so that's why I think the museum for this town is important. And we've got a lot of different museums here in town. Absolutely. Well, I've learned uh, some really interesting stuff just by learning about the museum. I haven't even gone yet. <laughs> yeah. I think people have this, like, assumption that museums are, like, dusty and old and boring. But every time I've gone to a museum, it's been awesome. Yeah. You know, we kind of get that a lot. And I'd like to think that our museum is not, <laughs> not that at all. I hope not. <laughs> well, our, our cool sports dude, Dixon Lawson, has a question for you. Yeah, so you, you were talking about how the um, the creators put together these shows. So when they come to the art museum, what happens after that? Do they go on like three years where they just go to different museums? Is it one-off? Like, how does that kind of work? It depends. Like, with a particular traveling exhibition, like National Geographic, yeah. it people book it in monthly slots. or three. It's like a three-month-long exhibition, so you book it in slots, and it can keep keeps on going until maybe the work starts to suffer and they decide, okay, now it's time to shut it down. Or if you have exhibitions of um, local or regional artists, that could be more of a one-off because actually traveling exhibitions are a huge, can be a huge source of money-making opportunities for museums, but there's a lot of work and a lot of staff time that has to be involved on the back end mm -hmm. of it. So for a museum our size, it's not feasible for us to put together traveling exhibitions and send them out into the world. So we, we go between 
booking traveling exhibitions and doing one-offs of local regional artists. Cool, thank you. Yeah, that's a question I'd never thought of, but something that I think was important to ask. Thank you, yeah, Dixon. Yeah, interesting. Um, so we're going to wrap this up in a second here, but if people want to learn more about these exhibits, uh, where can they go besides just the museum itself? Yeah, moafc.org is our website, so everything's up there as far as upcoming exhibition events. We have a ton of programming events that we do related to the exhibition, so we bring in the artists and the photographers and lectures and film screening and dance and all this stuff. So if you want to find out more, you can go to the events page too. And um, student pricing, we've got student memberships that you know we'd love to sell some more of and get more students into the museum. And right now, um, the student cost is $5 to come into the museum. Thanks, Lisa. Awesome. And is there anything else you want to add about the museum or um, any of the uh, exhibits that are happening right now? Just that we do have some free days coming up. Um, we have one, I think it's the Saturday right after Black Friday, so the 30th. Um, and we've also got one on the last Saturday of the exhibition, which is like January 4th. So if you've never been to the museum, you want to check it out without you know any commitment on your part. We, could, we do have free days, but we'd just love to have you come in. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for coming in. Oh, you're welcome. All right. So we are going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with that roundtable about Star Wars. Ooh, yeah, we got to ask you guys that question again. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite Star Wars movie or series and why? And we'll be talking about how those movies possibly could have changed. Yeah, so texting your answers to that to 970-491-5278. What's your favorite Star Wars movie and why? It's 970-491-5278. And also, it's still ZJathon. So we are trying to reach our donation goal of 450 for the day. DJathon. We're so close. We are so close. Uh, DJathon is a large part of how we fund the station here. And... Um, how we, you know, learn, how we have this great environment to learn, uh, play music and do news for you guys. So if you want to help <laughs> us out, you can join Club 905 by uh, signing up at kcsufm.com slash donate or calling 970-491-5278. And uh, what can they do at Club 905, Ron? Um, they can get cool stuff like a shirt and yeah. a mug, I believe. The mugs are super cool, and I'm very, very jealous of them. You can get some live in-studio CDs of bands who have come into KCSU, and they've played their hearts out. Some pretty cool stuff that um, is kind of exclusive unless you're a club member. Yep, that's true. All right, so we're going to come right back after the break. This has been the Rocky Mountain Review, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU for Collins. This is the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. And you just heard an interview with Lisa Hatchadori with the Museum of Art at Fort Collins. And she was telling us about the um, 50 greatest photos of National Geographic exhibit, as well as the exhibit about whale hunting. Which I thought was very, very interesting. Yeah, I learned a lot of that one. Um, yeah. We are joined in studio by our reporter, Coda Babcock. Hi. As well as our cool sports dude. Dixon Lawson. So, And one of our new reporters, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Rylan Todd, and I'm brand new. Hey, yeah. Rylan, thanks for joining us. So we're going to hop right in to our Star Wars roundtable, but before we do so, we would just like to say we are still taking in texts. If you got them, tell us what your favorite Star Wars movie is and why. Yeah, text those in to 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-5278. And it is worth mentioning one more time that we are having our annual DJ-a-thon, which is how we fund this radio station. And if you want to help us out and join Club 905, you can call 970-491-5278 or donate online at kcsufm.com slash donate. But let's talk Star Wars. Uh, heck yeah, let's talk, let's Star, talk Wars. Star Wars. Well, since we asked the listeners, let's go ahead and ask us what our favorite Star Wars movie slash series is. Um, I personally love, 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 love the Clone Wars. Um, I'm a huge sucker for the prequels. I know a lot of people don't really like them. They're a little campy. Um, but I love them, and I love how it goes really in-depth in the universe and the Clone Wars and really... Um, investigate some of those character arcs that we don't really get to see of in the movie like Anakin's uh, turn to the dark side and Obi-Wan Kenobi's whole thing with uh, Satine. Kind of interesting. <laughs> so much more in-depth answer than I've got. I was just going to say episode 5 
Empire Strikes Back because uh, Billy D. Williams. <laughs> and also, it's just like got a great plot. I don't know. It's a cool one. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Dixon? So uh, I'm going to have to agree with uh, kind of the Clone Wars, except mine is uh, Attack of the Clones. Mine mm. is the second the movie in the original trilogy or That's six movies. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the Attack of the Clones was amazing because I'm a big sucker for the for the Clone Wars era as well, and I've always always has been. And so that movie was, like, I guess, the best representation of it, like mm-hmm. the true Galactic Wars. So that one by far. I do love the giant fight at the end. Yeah. Yes, the cool Battle moment. of Geonosis is also a, a top ten fave. Just, and well, just like I love the there's one shot in particular where like the Jedi, they all the Jedi flew in and they're you know, fighting their hardest. You can see the droids slowly, like, overtaking them, and all their lightsabers start going out, and you can kind of see it from overhead, and some there's fewer and fewer lights. And I'm like, that's Good a cinematography. really cool cinema- cinematographic. <laughs> With each lightsaber that goes out, another child cries. Oh. <laughs> oh, that can be taken differently during the third movie, but we oh. won't talk about that. These killing younglings. <laughs> How about uh, you, Coda? Uh, I'd probably say their Empire Strikes Back or one of the newer ones. Oh, yeah? I like the new ones. Yeah. Which are uh, the newer ones? Honestly, I don't remember all their name, but the first one to come out, I really liked. Force Awakens. Um, yeah, The Force Awakens. That's what it was. I really, really liked Ray's character. Mm. So. I do, too. How about you, Ryland? I have never actually watched the Star Wars movies. None? Oh my God. None of Have you them. played Lego Star Wars, the video game at I, least? I played those. You guys. haven't even oh, done like, that. That's, it's like, that's, <laughs> yes. the, that's the baseline. Sure, that you is the baseline. Movies, have you played the Lego video game? At the very least. Because I saw, I played the video games before ever like seeing the movies because I was an impatient kid and couldn't sit that long. So I my dad for New Year's Eve we used to always watch them like chronologically until we fell asleep. So I was really good at the prequels because we started with those every time, and then I would fall asleep by like the third movie. That's funny. I actually um, I would watch with my parents, and then halfway through episode six, I got scared before the final <laughs> fight with Darth Vader, and we stopped and didn't finish it for like a year. Oh my. I was like five though. Um, so okay, now that we well, know everyone's okay, favorite yeah. Star Wars movie, let's let's talk about the news. Okay, so the news is pretty interesting, and Max could probably go into this a little bit better than I could. Sure. Um, so J.J. Abrams was talking about Star Wars Episode Nine, and he, he was talking about Carrie Fisher, who passed away unfortunately, I believe, three years ago, right around Christmas time. And um, so for those for those who don't know, they've been. Basically, they took, they had roughly eight minutes of footage of Carrie Fisher for uh, the uh, the Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker, which are eight and nine. And they took those eight minutes and basically they put them into the best computer they had and could basically make Carrie Fisher say and do things that she never actually did, which is how they had so much good footage of her for episode eight. Mm-hmm. And, um, and while they're still gonna do that for episode nine, uh, he revealed that originally, had she still been alive, the plan was to have Carrie Fisher rise as the last Jedi and have Leia actually be the uh, the final Jedi Master at the end of it all. Yeah, and I'm I'm so upset that we were robbed of that. Um, yeah, I'd love to see that. I uh, she was gonna like wield a lightsaber. She was gonna. I mean, the force. she kind of had the Force in the last episode. The last one, they but... like insinuated that she had the Force, but. I mean, they never said that she was officially a Jedi, that she officially had the Force, which is like, I think we all we knew. All we that. all knew, but like, all they, it known. was never confirmed. Well, and, and Abrams did say that uh, that was going to be like the big twist, so mm-hmm. you'd imagine that she'd probably have some pretty epic fight. Right. That w- <sighs> I'm just so... I'm so hurt. <laughs> I'm so sad. The, the fangirl in all of us is crying right now. Well, you gotta, you got to think about that. If that was the original planned ending, it's no longer the planned ending the actual planned ending has to be wild to top that maybe or if they're maybe gonna, if they're it's gonna sad. Spoil, i feel like if if they're willing to leak what the mm-hmm. original ending would have been the new ending's even crazy it better be it has to be because otherwise they'd have to be competing with the old one yeah exactly yeah. exactly well i don't know i just want to talk about how amazingly influential Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia was at the time in an era where women were never the heroes, were never these powerful beings in movies. She came in and was like, nah, I can save myself, fam. Like, she's a princess, she's beautiful, whatever. However, as her character progresses, you see her become more and more of this, like, I can't say the word on uh, live radio, (laughs) but this incredible character that, like, I don't know. 
the words I want to use to describe her cannot be said on radio, but she's just incredible. And she's I think, one tough cookie. Yeah, she. Uh, oh my gosh, her tough and cookie. all of the females in Star Wars have always just been these powerful characters that have not taken anything from the male characters in the series, but have also not subtracted from them. If that makes sense. Well, there was that one time she kissed her brother. Well, that was that, that had to happen because I just want to talk about the, the, the Han Solo scene where he figures it out and he's just. Oh yeah. I love the meme about that where it's like that one's so good. <laughs> yeah, right. it's so good. But another interesting thing I think about the women in Star Wars is they're all brown-haired with brown eyes. I don't know yeah, if that's, that's important that or not. Huh? That's a thing. Every, yeah, like Padme. Yeah, Padme. Padme has brown right. hair, brown oh, eyes. But are most of them also like? Never mind. I think aren't a lot of them related. Well, Ray's not related that's to them. That's true, yeah. Well, she might that. be. We don't, know, we don't that. know that, yeah. What if she is related if to them, that's If she's why. another Skywalker, there's not a lot of human I'm women gonna in Star cry. Wars besides Padme, Leia, and Ray. Those are the only human women I can think of. I can't think of any um, others. There's, yeah. oh, uh, there's a, oh, women. I almost said Ahsoka, and I was like, never mind, she's not human. Oh, there's, Bad um, example. There's the lady, there's Satine. The, the lady with the ginger hair, and she's in like every movie. Ahsoka. Mon Martha. Mon Martha. No, Ahsoka's not human, though. <laughs> Sorry, I was completely. I just like I caught the tail end of that, and I thought this was time last time. No, you're good. You're good. Um, all right, so let's. I don't know. I think. Let's wrap this up with another question. We'll just go around the room. What's your favorite Princess Leia moment? Oh gosh, gotta think about this one. I know mine. I okay, was, you was... go ahead. Okay, uh, my favorite Princess Leia moment is uh, when in Episode Six when Han gets shot. And she's just like, kind of like, whatever. She's like, <laughs> gets shot. He's like, ah, oh, I'm it. And she's like, well, that sucks. That means I have to shoot twice as yeah, much. Yeah, I love. Mm. <laughs> uh, mine is not a favorite Princess Leia moment, but a favorite princess. Princess. Favorite Carrie Fisher moment. I mean, okay. she might as well be a princess. Anyway. Um, uh, but I think someone, an interviewer asked Carrie Fisher, they said, well, what'll happen if like your daughter or my daughter or any young girl like asks why you're wearing that metal bikini in Star Wars? And she said, if they ask why I was wearing that, tell them that a giant slug made me do it and I killed him because of it. And I always thought that's been the best response to that ever. That's pretty funny. Riley? Oh, wait, you haven't, oh seen you, haven't seen you haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. Dixon? Uh, for me, it's going to be when she kind of just... So in, in episode four, when she's getting saved, and uh, Luke is like, oh, my God, princess, what? You can't you can't handle yourself. What is this? You know, and she's just like, well, let's go in the garbage. You know, she, like, basically gets them out of that entire situation. Aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? Right. She just takes control of the situation. She's like, this is what's happening. It's the way things should be. Good job. Well done. Go to Babcock? I really don't have a favorite, honestly. I loved her character so much that I, like, just can't place a moment where she was my favorite, like, where there's, like, a favorite moment for me. Sounds good. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. But first, Ren, do you want to talk about DJ Fun? Yeah, absolutely. So, like we've been saying during this whole episode, uh, right now is our DJ a thon. And what that means is it is a fundraiser for everything that happens at KCSU. And everything that happens at KCSU, we cannot do without you. So, if you feel so inclined, you can go ahead and call us at 970 491 5278 and donate us. You can donate by becoming a monthly sponsor of $7.50. Or a year-round, not a year-round, a one-time <laughs> sponsor of $90.50. And those funds just go towards everything we do here. Um, they go towards... Just keeping us going. Um, and if you don't want to do a monthly donation or don't want to donate that much, uh, you can donate whatever you can, and you'll still get a copy of our in-studio album. Uh, if by joining Club 905, you do get, of course, T-shirts and mugs and all that cool stuff but uh anything helps and we really appreciate it yeah we're at about 300 and our goal uh before today ends is 450 so we just need to get a couple more uh donations so anything you're able to donate we would be very thankful for once again that number is going to be 970-491-5278 and there will be someone listening for your call right now or you can go to kcsufm.com slash donate we'll be right back on the rocky mountain review here in 90.5 kcsu for Collins. Horticulture Club is a club where plant lovers can meet with one another and plan events centered around horticulture, including plant sales and field trips. Horticulture Club is open to any major. And for more information, find them on Facebook and Instagram at CSU Horticulture Club. 
And we're back on the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. And you just heard us have a roundtable about what could have been in the Star Wars franchise where Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia would have been the last Jedi. And kind of all of our disappointments that that will never happen. Uh, that's not the case, yeah. But I'm sure whatever does happen is going to be awesome when that movie does come out. If not, we'll have another roundtable about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, and before that, we heard a little bit of local news from Coda Babcock and a little bit of sports with uh, Dixon Lawson. And then we listened to, or we had an interview with Lisa uh, from the Museum Art. of Art Fort Collins talking about um, the 50 greatest National Geographic photos exhibit and the whale hunting exhibit, which was pretty interesting. So if you missed that and you want to check it out, you can go to our website, KCSUFM, and we actually uh, put all of our episodes up there under the tab Rocky Mountain Review, um, and that's under News. And so if you want to check that out, you can find it there as well as everything else we've done. And we are wrapping up our show, but before we do that, we are going to listen to a little bit of campus news with our newest reporter, Rylan. Hi, guys. So, yeah, my name is Rylan, and today I've got your campus news for you. Um, Let's see. Colorado Governor Jared Polis decided that there will be two extra paid vacation days this holiday season on December 23rd and 24th. Since Colorado State University's planned break takes place starting the 25th, CSU students and employees can expect an earlier campus closure. The the university will be closed for the whole week from December 23rd to December 27th and have an early closure on the 31st. The university will be completely closed, so no students uh, or employees will be on campus. This means that the deadline for professors to submit grades for the fall semester is December 23rd. On October 27th through November 3rd, Colorado State University's Toto Center hosted their third Spanish immersion course. Coordinator and leader of the immersion course, Olaf Morales, says, creating this Spanish immersion course has been an amazing journey. Uh, Let's see, the course is offered every fall and spring semester for an entire week. Uh, It allows U.S. citizens to be immersed in the culture and outdoor experiences offered in the Mexico's Baja California Peninsula. The course focuses on basic Spanish lessons, interactive presentations on culture and traditions in Mexico, and adventures to nearby towns, beaches, and much more. Anthony Argan, a participant in the fall 2019 course, says it was a Um, I was excited to participate in this immersion because it provided me the opportunity to step off the grid and really get immersed in the Spanish language along with Spanish culture. The pre-registration is open now for the next Spanish immersion course offered from March 28th to April 5th, 2020. For anyone interested in additional information, visit www.todosantos.colostate.edu. In other news, CBS Denver reported Colorado State University to be the second best in the country for students who are also military veterans. It also ranked high because of its 81% retention rate for military students. The University of Texas Arlington was ranked number one and Ohio State University ranked last out of 134 schools. Military Times used student support, cost, and university cost to determine these rankings. On Monday, the Student Veterans Organization and Adult Learner and Veteran Services Office hosted a national roll call on the CSU Plaza. From 7 a.m. until 7 p.m., they continuously called out every veteran's name who has died since 9-11. They also handed out flags to students to put around the plaza. And that was about it, guys. Thank you so much, Riley. You're awesome, Riley. Fantastic. All right. We're going to take a break, but before we do that, we want to remind our listeners once again that it is the DJ-a-thon here at KCSU-FM, and what that means is we are just fundraising to do all the things we love to do and you love to listen to at KCSU. So if you'd like to donate and you like all of the news and music and everything that happens here at KCSU, you can go ahead and do that by calling in at 970-491-5278. Once again, that number is 970-491-5278, and there will be someone listening in to get your call and collect that donation or you could go to kcsufm.com and uh, donate there as well half of our annual budget comes from donors and listeners just like you and we all depend on each other Um, so if you enjoy the music and you enjoy getting the news from us you can we'd love it if you could help us out all righty after the short break we're going to take 
that rhymed. We're going to have some national, not national news, but national day news, and then some weather with Max. Yep. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. And we're back on the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. And we just heard some campus news from our brand new reporter, Rylan. And before that, we had a little bit of a Star Wars roundtable. And before that, we had in studio Lisa from the Museum of Art Fort Collins, who was telling us all about the 50 Greatest Photos National Geographic exhibit and the whale hunting exhibit. Uh, I learned a lot of that one, and so if you didn't catch that, you can catch that on our website, kcsufm.com, and uh, under News, Rocky Mountain Review. Uh, thought that was very educational, so if you're interested, check that out. Yeah, definitely. Um, but now, we're going to kick it off with a little bit of National Day news, and after that, we're going to close out the show, as we usually do, with some weather with Max. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But without further ado, today is November 12th, and it is a food-filled holiday. To kick things off, it's National Chicken Soup for the Soul Day. This day encourages you to nurture your soul with a hearty bowl of chicken soup. Chicken soup, has, chicken soup has many health and mental benefits. The national calendar says about the day, a little chicken soup does a lot of good. It's warm and hearty. As we cup our hands around the bowl, the heat radiates into our body. The steam hits our face with a comforting aroma. Similar to what chicken soup does for our bodies, the regular, the regular nurturing of our souls benefits our health. Whether you pick up a book, meditate, or go for a long walk, reflect on who you are and your achievements. Today is also National French Dip Day. I was uh, disheartened to find out that this was not, not National French Onion Dip Day, as that is one of my favorite snacks, but uh, National French Dip Day. <laughs> the national calendar describes this holiday better than I ever could and said about the sandwich, served up hot, tender slices of beef or pork on a French roll made up a, de made up a delicious sandwich. Sometimes cheese is added. However, the key ingredients are the au jus and spicy mustard. The combination of tender beef swimming in a flavor bath of pan drippings absorbed into the crusty roll makes the French dip a decadent, multi-napkin experience everyone needs to have. And if you've never had one before, follow the instructions below and find one. When your order arrives, apply a generous helping of mustard. Next, dunk your favorite sandwich into the au jus for two to three seconds. Permit the bread to soak up the delicious au jus and be prepared for a flavor experience when you take your first bite of a French dip. And the last holiday for the day is National Pizza with the Works, except Anchovies Day. This holiday encourages you to pile on the toppings to your pizza, but to hold the fish. A little bit about what anchovies are, they are classified as an oily fish. Anchovies are a family of small, common saltwater forage fish. There are 144 species found in the Atlantic, Indian, and Pacific Oceans. Anchovies are small green fish that have blue reflections caused by the silver longitudinal stripe, which begins at the base of their casual fin. Traditionally, anchovies achieve their flavor by being processed in brine, then packed with oil and salt. They can also be packed in vinegar, which will give the fish a milder taste. Will you be celebrating this holiday, or will you be a rebel and add some fishy business to your pizza? That's all the national news I have today. Thanks, Ren. I'm, I'm probably going to add an anchovy. I like them. I like them, but not on pizza. <laughs> the, I feel like it's got to be the right kind of pizza, right? Like, yeah. you can't throw an anchovy on a pepperoni, pepperoni pizza. pizza. Yeah. That's awful. I think that's what a lot of people think it is. They're just like fish just on pizza, but no... Like, no, you gotta like, uh, you know, mozzarella. Like mozzarella and maybe some chicken, like some artichoke. Yeah. Hearts, yeah. Mm. Tomato. You gotta get fancy with it. Gotta <laughs> classy about it, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, it feels like there's something in the air, but I can't quite place it. Well, maybe I can help. Yeah? Yeah. It's time for the weather. Ooh. You hear that noise, you know it's time for the weather. It's time for the weather! Woo! Woo! So things have been warming up at Colorado State University and the snow has finally started to melt. The high today was 53 and that temperature just keeps rising into tomorrow with a high of 57. Both today and tomorrow, you can expect loads of sun and not even the slightest bit of breezes. It's gonna be so nice you're gonna have to look twice because that's Ooh. just how nice it's gonna be. 
You know it. Uh, as you move into Thursday, that sun sticks around, but the heat actually is not going to. And it's going to drop back down to 53. But, it, you know, it's still not as bad as, say, like last weekend. So <laughs> if you're wondering if these temperatures are going to keep dropping or if we're going to have more of this nice 70 and sunny stuff, you're going to have to tune in on Thursday to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 FM at 4 p.m. to find out what that's going to be. Um, yeah, so that's it for the weather. Um, just one last time, it is our DJ-a-thon right now, and uh, half of our annual budget comes from donors and listeners and people who support us. And if you'd like to be one of those lovely, lovely supporters, you can join Club 905. Um, and to do so, it's a monthly payment of $7.50 or a one-time payment of $90.50, and that gets you all kinds of cool swag. Like a t-shirt or a mug. Or a mug. Or uh, some live in-studio CDs that are exclusive to Club 905. So yeah. make sure you guys are donating. You can do that by calling 970-491-5278. Once again, that number is going to be 970-491-5278. Or if you don't feel comfortable calling on the phone, which is understandable, you can go ahead and head over to KCSU FM and donate there as well. But unfortunately, it sounds like that's the end of our show for today. Oh, I know. Well, that's we've got to do the some... sound of the end of our show. Yeah, <laughs> we've got to do some thank yous before yes, we, we head out, though. First and foremost, to Damien Castile for making all the amazing music you hear on the show today. Yes, thanks, Damien. Uh, we have to thank, of course, all of our great coworkers here at 90.5 KCSU. Julia Battleys, or should I say DJ Silent G, uh, <laughs> Hannah Copeland, Isaiah Reyes, Peter Walk, Raven Color, Hudson Claire, Asher Korn, Monty Daniels, uh, just just everybody, especially right now during the DJ Athon. Uh, we're all working very, very hard, and we just want to, you know, say that uh, we appreciate the hard work everyone's putting in. It's really awesome what we do as a station here. Yeah, we have to thank all of our guests today. So, uh, Coda Babcock, Dixon, uh, Rylan, and of course, Lisa Hatchadorian from the museum thank you so much yeah thank you guys so much for coming in we could not do it without you of course we have to thank uh each other yes i'd like to thank you ren because yes. uh, you did a great job with the organization of the show today <laughs> everything sounds great you sound great and it's you know going good i have to thank you max because i would there's no one else i would rather talk star wars with live Aww. on the radio than you thanks that's the uh, like the nicest thing anyone's ever Aww. said to me. <laughs> and of course, we have to thank you, dear listener, because we really could not do this without you. We couldn't do it without you, so thank you. And with that, you know, we'll, we'll see, see you, you next time. time.